So tonight is question and answer. We're, we'll be doing this for a few more weeks. Jeff, when do we go to the other class? Do you know? I mean, it's with you and Jeff, so or you and uh, Jason, so when you switch it out. so. Okay, so first Wednesday of November, we're going to have a class come, starting in here on child rearing. So for a season, so that'll be good. And uh, so Jason will be in here while you're in there, and uh, and that'll be a good time. All right, so that'll be November. That'll be good because I'll be out, so that'll per- work out perfectly for me because I'll be with Pradeep uh, down. Oh, no, no, that's first week of December. I'm off a month. So uh, first week of December, I'll be out that Wednesday. But, um, okay, well, this is QA Bible study. Uh, I digress. Let me get back where I was at. And uh, no question is dumb or stupid, just a question you don't ask. If I don't have the answer, um, uh, Wendy Davis will. So, uh, amen. And uh, you got one, Larry? That's the area where the Jews live. Um, did you remember the concept or what the question was, and we can back into it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that will be hard to noodle out. Yeah, that'll be hard for me to noodle out. But once you look look for that, and when you get there, let me know. And I'll move on to another question. And any any other? Yes, ma'am, Taylor. Oh, wow. The importance of fasting. Well, is it important? Is it important? Is it a New Testament concept or is it just an Old Testament concept? Uh, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, so, you know, we don't really teach that in uh, in our D1 lessons too much, uh, but Paul does talk about it. Uh, one of the passages that, that uh, I've got a whole... Um, I'm trying to remember where I've got it at, but I've got a I got a phony fast, got a whole outline on this if I can remember where I put it. Um, oh, I do remember where I put it. Uh, let me hold hold up on that before I get to that. Let me go to the New Testament first, and then I got a I got a great outline on that question for you because there's you can fast and you can there's I, I call it a phony fast or a I think it's a faithful fast, but uh, you know sometimes these things. A few years ago, I really I got I studied into this quite a bit. Uh, and you find fasting all through the New Testament, so it's not like just an Old Testament concept. Um, <clears throat> if you go to Luke 19:46, just starting in, the, in, a, in kind of an Old Testament context, there with Jesus presenting himself as the King of the Kingdom, um, just, we'll just do a little survey real quick. Uh, Luke 19:46. We often quote um, quote this in regard to our, the house being a house of prayer, but he mentions here uh, in Luke uh, 19, Jesus obviously speaking here, in Luke 19 and verse 46, he says, um, let's see, and he went into the temple and began to cast uh, them out that, that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, it is written, my house is the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Um, and so that doesn't say fasting. I was thinking I said fasting. So our house is to be a house of prayer. Now, this is talking about the temple, but we are the temple uh, of God, right? Um, 
And so uh, I'm in Nehemiah right now. In the book of Nehemiah, just uh, in chapter 9, um, they assembled and they fasted. Uh, and uh, they had they put sackcloth on. And you see that several times in the Old Testament where when people would fast, they would, you know, they would they would really just afflict themselves and um, and deny themselves. Um, huh? It's it's uh, yeah, like burlap. I don't know that is. I don't know if it's exactly the same as burlap, but it's like that. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's a it afflicts them. Um, in Acts chapter ten, the the first uh, time you see this in the book of Acts, if the word fasting. Uh, there's the word fast is found uh, several times in the Bible. It's it's a pretty prolific. Um, but in Acts chapter ten, they're fasting. Um, and let me see where that's at. That's where Peter is is uh, fasting, and he's praying. Um, and that's I believe the first time we see it outside of the Gospels in the New Testament. Uh, Mark or Acts ten and verse thirty. Says and Cornelius said four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing, and Cornelius and said Cornelius thy prayer is heard in thine alms, and are had in remembrance in the sight of God send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon whose surname is Peter he is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. So, of course, this is a transitionary time. It's interesting because we see here a Gentile centurion named Cornelius who's, um, who's you know, yet to really uh, be saved. He gets saved here at the end of the chapter along with all those that hear the gospel. But God, he's fasting and praying. Um, and so a fast is, uh, in the Old Testament, they would, they would deny themselves. It's, it's obviously we associate with denying ourselves of food oftentimes because when we think of fasting, you don't eat until, you know, you get your procedure the next day at the office, um, at the doctor's office or at the hospital or whatever. Um, but fasting is really a little bit more in, entailed than that. And I'll get into some, God actually gives us a great example of that in the Old Testament. I'm going to find that before we're, we're done. Um, but you go to chapter 14, verse 23. Let's just look at some passages. Uh, it says here in, in uh, chapter 14, verse 23, And when they had ordained them, the elders in every church, and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Okay, so you see Cornelius, a Gentile, who is wanting to get a hold of God in prayer, and he's fasting, right? He's denying himself his flesh, and he's focusing on uh, his prayer time and his intercession God answers him. Um, here we see in chapter 14, before they ordain somebody, which is a big deal, before you, they laid hands on them, they fasted and they prayed. Before we ordain, uh, I always fast and pray. I don't, I don't make a big deal about it, but we have not ordained a man yet at Heartland that I have not fasted and prayed over before, we, before we've ordained him. I don't declare it. I don't call all the other pastors, but I, I take that seriously because the Bible tells us to when we started the church here. Uh, before it was a church, I fasted, took a day off work, and I fasted and I prayed before, to form the the vision and the, you know really nail down my plan that I was going to present to the mission board. Um, you know, I just fasted and prayed and asked God to give me insight and wisdom. Um, and so, there's seasons of fasting uh, when you're really serious in prayer, where frankly you just um, sometimes it's not even intentional. You just that's all you can focus on. 
uh, is fasting. I mean, not fasting, but in praying and being intensely involved in intercession. In intercession. And so it's something that, um, you know, is, is often lost <laughs> on the culture today. And I'll talk about that here in just a minute. But go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 as well. 1 Corinthians 7. And um, it's also mentioned here. Chapter 7 and, and down in verse 5. Now, this is actually the first one that comes to my mind, uh, probably because because I'm a man. But uh, um, Paul just kind of throws this in as, a, as an aside in regard to um, the intimacy of a husband and a wife. And he says... Um, uh, in the context here, just start in verse one. Now concerning things whereunto I wrote unto me, uh, ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Uh, now you also have to take in consideration the nature of asceticism, uh, which is is a holy not to touch a woman. And Paul's like setting that straight. He's like, but nevertheless, to avoid avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. So fulfilling your sexual desires within the context of marriage is absolutely ordained of God, uh, just to put it directly. Uh, you're not more holy uh, or less holy. You know, it's just you, if you have those desires, they need to be fulfilled in the context of, of marriage. Uh, and then he says this in verse 3, Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, which is a very um, uh, skilled way of saying um, your your wife's sexual and emotional needs need to be met by the husband. Likewise, also the wife unto the husband. So your marriage should be consummated physically, but also in every way, um, you know, it, it is to it, it is in the hand of the spouse to satisfy their husband or their wife's um, sexual appetite, to put it in more contemporary terms. Okay, then he says in verse 4, The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power over his own body, but the wife, which really it defines for you what do benevolence is about, which is um, the focus is not on you, it's on the other, which I always like to use that passage in Acts uh, that says um, it's more blessed to give than receive. That's the mindset that, that Paul is taking there. Okay, point five, or verse five. Defraud you not one another, except it be for, with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. All right, so he says there is there are things more important than your physical intimacy, and that's fasting and praying. So there's times you may be fasting and praying, uh, and then, of course, he says come back together after that. So put the Lord first. And he's also implying then that there's a times when you should, you know, fasting even from your own uh, an appetite. So, again, using the concept of food. Um, fasting uh, involves food oftentimes. Sometimes people fast. It would be good to fast from technology. Like I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to touch technology today. I'm just going to focus on praying and fasting. Um, you can get ascetic about this where you, you know, people think they're more spiritual just because they're fasting. That's not, that's not the idea. The idea is to deny your flesh so that you can focus on the spiritual things at hand and be focused um, and so, um, and so it is good to fast. It's an important to fast. Now, just kind of on the flip side of that, I think one of the reasons 
that we oftentimes don't think much about is, well, number one, you're not here to ask a good question like that. So that's that's one of the reasons. we. And I'm not promoting it probably like I should. Um, but the Bible tells us uh, in, in Hebrews 4, a good example, there's several examples, but one that comes to mind is, that, is uh, when it talks about us entering the throne, uh, it says in verse 14 of, of Hebrews, I should say Hebrews 4, 14, seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Then he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so a lot of times we we approach prayer in, in, in the context of knowing that we have this incredible access to God, and we do. Um, I mean, we literally can come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in a time of need. Uh, we're also commanded to pray. Um, you know, a good example just off the top of my head would be First uh, Timothy. You know, Paul is, is uh, you know, pressing us all into our priestly duties in the kingdom of God. We're all priests and kings as far as positionally speaking. And uh, he, says, he says to Timothy, um, you know, um, in chapter... Uh, see where's that at yeah in chapter 2 i'm sorry verse 1 i exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions this is a uh, first timothy 2 1 supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior so the command to pray is is very clear another good example of that is the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, you know, after you get past the whole armor of God in chapter 6, uh, Paul also, you know, and several times he's, he's requesting prayer. But in chapter 6, he says uh, in uh, verse uh, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So uh, this is important because we are to we are to pray, right? Uh, and so there, it's not a situation where we we you know we like oh well I can't enter God's presence because I haven't fasted. We can as soon as I mean we, we have direct access to God. There's one mediator mediator between God and men. It's the man Christ Jesus, and we clearly are called to pray without ceasing, right? So we pray all the time. So if we pray all the time and we have this great access, well, then why in the world would you, uh, why would you need to fast, you know? Um, and that's a good question. Why would we need to fast? Yeah. Yep, yeah, we'll put you, yeah, got to get you on the mic. When I'm thinking of fasting, I'm drawn to, Isaiah chapter 58. Yep, I, I'm, that's a good one. That's where actually we're going go. between uh, paragraph marks, uh, starting with Isaiah 58, verse 3. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Where have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. 
Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast, and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Mm-hmm. Amen. So that's a, I'm mean, actually, that's where I want to end up. So does that, what do you, well, here, Bob, what do you, does, as far as, um, Fasting, is that what you would say would be your definition of why to fast and why not to fast? Verse 4, I've kind of got a little label beside it, false fasting. Mm-hmm. And then verse 6, is it is not this the fast that I have chosen? Yeah, me too. i got the purpose of fasting. Lord speaking. We'll lay that out here in just a second. And, uh, and so I think that's a good place to, to go. I want to end up there. Um, is there anyone else as far as fat? Yeah. Thanks. Sure, where it is. Uh, it talks about um, you should not fast and and show to show the world how pious you are, but you should go to your closet. Thing. I can't yeah, well, in Luke 18, I don't know if this is the, the place that you're thinking of, but in Luke 18 and verse 10, um, he spake a parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others, which is getting to where Bob is. It says two men went up into um, uh, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So very clearly there's a heart attitude involved in that. Yes, Jeff. Hang on. Let's go. Hang on. Oh, Matthew 6.16. Go ahead and run that back. You can let him read that. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Do you want me to read that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Matthew 6:16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. 
But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen. Okay, that's a better reference. Again, obviously the Pharisees had a had a tendency to to get caught up in fasting. So there's an admonition there uh, not to make an external show. Well, thanks, Jeff. You didn't have to walk that all the way up. We got runners. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Now, that was good. Um, So you don't want to make an external show of of fasting uh, and praying, for that matter, um, which does happen even today in the church. So... Having said that, let's get. I want to go back to actually Isaiah 58 is where I want to end on this particular question, um, unless there's more discussion. So, just I wanted to establish so off the start that fasting is not something that we don't do. It is something that we do uh, as the Lord leads, uh, usually over something that's serious, like ordaining somebody uh, or a, a need. I think we've all had situations where you lose your appetite even over something. Because it's so heavy or so pressing, uh, your child's sick or you know something's going on. Okay, that's an appropriate time to fast. Um, uh, maybe it's a particular sin that you're just struggling with, and you're like, "Man, Lord, I need victory over this," and, and you just beseech the Lord in prayer. It's as uh, Matthew six points out. It's not something you need to put on the announcement list. Hey, we're fasting today, you know, and all of that. Uh, it needs. It doesn't. You know, you don't need to have a false humility about it, but you also don't need to make a big deal about it. And again, I do believe that you can fast from not just food. There's other things like technology that are good to fast from. Yes, ma'am. Huh? Group fasting? Yeah, I don't actually see that in the Bible. Um, they declare... I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, there's seasons where you declare... The Bible uh, in the Old Testament where they declare a time of fasting and praying... Well, I guess the closest thing is like with when we ordain a pastor, I would expect all the pastors to fast and pray or send out a missionary, things of that magnitude. Um, but if we don't sit around and I don't even send out a memo. I just expect people know that and, you know, we take it seriously. Um, and so, um, but no, there's, I mean, there there are times I would say nationally, you see like in the nation of Israel or Ezra or Nehemiah, there'll be a time of of fasting uh, because the whole nation is in jeopardy and fasting and praying, um, afflicting themselves in the Old Testament, which for us is is because we are in the New Testament and Jesus has already taken our sin. We, you don't see us in that ascetic uh, situation. Um, and, of course, also because we're all about grace and not about meriting favor with God. It's more of an anathema for Bible believers in this dispensation. Uh, you'll see... Uh, because of the false teaching of Romanism that you've got to afflict your, literally like they'll beat themselves trying to earn favor with God. And uh, the same thing happens with Islam. Certain sects of Islam will uh, put like cat nine tails and razor blades on their whips and they'll beat themselves on the back till their blood literally bleeding. Yeah. Amen. We don't have to, right? That's why we don't do that and we reject all that because... Jesus has already taken our, our our stripes, and by His stripes we're healed. But I do think there's wisdom in fasting, um, and it's not it's not completely 
it's not something we shouldn't teach and we shouldn't. Uh, so I want to actually commend you for asking that question because that's a really good question. And I don't have like a session where I'm going to deal with this normally. So I'm glad you asked this. Um, it just so happens like Bob, I've kind of in my own personal time in the Bible, God's given me this same passage that he gave Bob as an outline. And this is kind of a guide I go by. So uh, let's go back to Isaiah 58. We're going to take a little time here. And uh, Isaiah 58, and uh, I'm going to give give you one through um, one through seven. I think we can find what we need, and I call this uh, uh, the the difference between which that's a delta difference between a a a uh, what I'm going to call, I won't do those symbols. Okay, I'll just write it out in English. The difference, I'm going to abbreviate for time, for, uh, time and, and scale here, uh, between uh, a counterfeit fast and what I'm calling a, a focused fast all right and uh and so if you look at the text there um we'll just start in verse one it says cry aloud spare not lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of jacob their sin yet uh, they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook the ordinance of their God. They ask, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. All right? So this is, uh, you're going to see how this lays out here. And then he says in verse 3, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure, and you exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife uh, and debate and, and, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as, as you do this day uh, do, to make your voice to be heard on high. So when you go to verse 1 uh, and, you, and you look at, at uh, uh, 58, oops, one, and then you get back, it kind of circles back uh, to verse 4. Uh, they're wanting to make a show of it, right? So that's a bad thing. That's a counterfeit. This is a counterfeit. Uh, to make a big show, right? That's not the reason to fast. Right? They're lifting up their voice like a trumpet, right? Everybody is is hearing you know we're fasting, we're fasting, we're fasting, right? Yeah, right. So it shouldn't be a big show. Uh, he mentions here that um, uh, you, they they take pleasure in their labors, right? So that's all part of the show. We could get into details on that, but they behold for the wrong motives, right? We see that also in verse uh, three. So they have the wrong motive. 
That's a bad M. Let me replace that. Right, and it tells you, he gives you the, the motives there. Uh, you know, he lists them strife, right? They, there's all kinds of strife. Uh, they literally want to, um, you know, smite with the fist. They want to smite people. I mean, this is this is bad stuff. And so, oh, God, bring fire down on heaven, you know, and all of those kind of things. Even you got people uh, the, the in Jonah, right? Uh, a Gentile hears the preaching of Jonah, and he repents in sackcloth and ashes. So he's, there needs to be a humility. There's no humility. They have wrong motives. Um, and, uh, and so this is not, he says in verse 5, It's such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and acceptable day to the Lord? So he's saying, uh, this gets back to making a show of it. Uh, really, he's talking about a, a false, in verse 5, he's talking about false humility. Right? You're phony. There's a phony humility. They're not really humble. They're just making a show of it. So it's he's like, this is not what I ordain. And so that's the, that's the bad side. But let me, I got some more specifics on the, on the focus fast in verses 5 through 7. So I'm going to I'm going to erase this. Uh so really in the first 5 verses you can get you can kind of see all the the bad motives. They want to do a show, they want to they want to do it for the wrong motives and they and they they just uh want to have a false humility or they have a false humility. And so um <clears throat> but a focus fast is listed out for him. And we can learn from this, even though it's Old Testament. Um, the first thing we see is that uh, it's to loose the bands of the wicked. You know, in Proverbs, it talks about the cords of sin get wrapped around. You ever see someone bound? In iniquity, man, this cords of sin have got someone bound. Maybe even a brother or sister in Christ. Not, I'm not even talking about a lost person. You know, those things that we can pray, God, especially if it's someone you care about. Now, you're not doing this in false humility. You're not doing this in wrong motives. You're just sincerely like going to the Lord, saying, Lord, loose the bands of the wicked. Now, of course, this is the nation of Israel, and we can see how this uh, would impact them in a national sense. Uh, but... But we take this, we're the temple of God now, and these are things that we can pray for. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. And so you see that there in verse uh, in verse 6. It says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, comma? Right? So I'm just going to go down through the text here. Um, you know, and to, he says, um, undo heavy burdens. You know, when you think of that, I think of Matthew chapter 11, right? Verses 30. Uh, his yoke is easy and his, 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 his burden is light. So, but uh, he wants to undo heavy burdens. 
got a weight and a sin. He wants to free, um, he wants to free the oppressed. Right? He wants to, I'm going to condense that to just free the oppressed. It says in the text there, um, and to let the oppressed go free. Right? So he wants to free the oppressed. Um, the fourth one I have here is he wants to break every yoke. What are you serving, right? You know, people get under yokes that God never intended. God says, hey, I need to, I want you to break every, I want to break every yoke. Okay, so I've kind of categorized these, all of these in my, my mind. Uh, maybe you disagree, and that's fine. So part of a focus fast is about freedom. Looking for freedom. God, we need help. We need freedom. And I, I see all of those dealing with, with that subject of liberty and freedom. And then the next uh, section, and I have eight um, I've come up with here. So um, number five is... Um, is, and again, it's just right here in the text. Is He wants to give bread to the hungry, right? The text there says in verse 7, Is, not to deal, it, is, uh, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, right? So he wants to give or feed the hungry, specifically with bread. And for us, what does that mean? That's right. Bread equals word. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with people, you know, having physical bread. But for us, the priority is the word of God. Um, And that's why when you ordain someone and you fast and you lay hands on them, um, you know, all of these things are being laid. You're actually putting the burden on that person when you lay hands on them. You're uh, you're. It's just like in the Old Testament, they had a scapegoat that went out and bore the sin. Uh, uh, that person is being identified and sent out with the burden uh, to, to, to do ministry. It's a, it's a big deal. And so uh, point six uh, is in the next text is, And thou bring the poor that are cast out of the, out of the house. Um, and so it's bringing the poor home. It could be salvation. It could also be somebody um, who is on church discipline. I'll put that out here to the side. It's a shame uh, to have to discipline somebody, right? We when we when we uh, discipline somebody and have to put them out of the church, it shouldn't be like yeah, right? That's the opposite. That's the counterfeit fast, right? That's a we want to smite them. We want to punish them. No, we don't put them out to punish them. We, we know what the Bible says, that God will punish them, that they are turned over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh. So we don't have to worry about their punishment. We know that they're going to get a spanking. When we, take our, when we, when we put them out, we're, what we're really saying is our protective hand is off. I kind of look at it like, um, you know, if your kid wants to run the streets and he won't come home, right, you have the fence around the yard. That's your yard. And so Jake the snake bully down the street, he can't come in my yard because dad's there, right? 
So Johnny runs home. He runs through the gate, and that's where Jake stops because Dad's going to be at the door. What are you doing in my yard? But when you, little, little Johnny won't listen, and, he, and he's no longer able to come home, and he wants to live in the streets. Okay, Johnny, you're going to live in the streets. Guess who's out there? Jake the snake, the bully. And I'm not there to protect you now. And so he's going to have his way with you so you can remember what it is that you're missing here at home. And then they come home. And uh, and hopefully they can be restored and reconciled. So there's a there's an attitude, right, that we have. We want to see God bring people home. We don't want to see them out there forever. The whole point is is reconciliation, not destruction. Now, if their flesh is destroyed in the process, uh, hopefully their soul is right. That's the whole point. And Paul says it that directly that they, they they may suffer in the flesh, but we hope that what we want is their soul. And their spirit to be preserved blameless because they can come back, repent, put that as far away as the east is from the west and uh, confess and forsake it. God will have mercy and restore them. And, and what sin? I don't remember. What, was, what did they do? I don't remember. It's all gone. It's all under the blood, right? Then they can go forward in faith. That's our heart. We want to see the, we want to see the poor come home. You could also apply it because this is a devotional application. We could also apply it to somebody who uh, is lost, of course, if and we want them to come home as well. Think about the prodigal son as well. So that's a good. There's a. There's several ways we can kind of look at that passage. I kind of look at it like church discipline in a devotional sense. The the seventh one I have is is again uh, clear in the text here. It says, um, "When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him." So clothing the naked. My my writing will get worse the lower we go here. Does that mean maybe we should be praying when you think about Revelation chapter 3, right, 17? Behold, thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but thou art naked, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Or thou wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So um, I just it just comes to mind. Uh that's something that we could be fasting and praying over is the appearance at the judgment seat of Christ, our investments in the kingdom of God, and not forfeiting our inheritance. Because, uh, uh, boy, what a shame that is. The last one I have here is, again, at the end of verse 7, uh, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. And um, here I'm, I'm calling this communion. With family, you all. I, if you're like me, you know what it's like. Anybody ever? I know this wouldn't happen here at Heartland, but uh, uh, sometimes I've been told that that in the, that like in life, like Christians will backslide, <laughs> and uh, and one of the things that'll happen. Is uh, you know you allow some sin in your life. You know what you 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 know why we don't have to do this a lot of times with folks. Like we don't have to put them out. They put themselves out. A lot of times people put themselves out, and and it's not because like we don't want them. It's not even that they don't they don't know that they need to be with in fellowship with the body. They know what Hebrews tells them. They're not to forsake the assembling of themselves together. I mean, they know they're supposed to be in the fellowship. But you know what? They keep themselves out because they know they're not right with God. You know what? That needs to be dealt with. 
They need to have communion with family. They need to be reconciled. And so I've got the second one, if I was just going to put these in two broad points. Uh, this deals with fellowship. These uh, all seem to do with fellowship. And this is my outline. If you don't like it, you can do your own. So, <laughs> but, uh, so that's, that's how I see, you know, that's a focus fast. It'll deal oftentimes in some way, shape, or form, we'll deal with um, freedom from sin and fellowship. Uh, and, and so um, now there's also, um, you guys got those because I'm going to erase it and give you, I'm going to give you some results in verses 8 through 12. So those, that's the, that's, how I see a focus fast. If, and I, even though it's Old Testament, I do believe in the new, the principles are there. And if you want to take all those eight points down that you find in those verses, you have freedom from, you have freedom and you have fellowship. Freedom and fellowship. And then, <clears throat> let me give you some, the benefits though, what's cool is the benefits are listed in verse eight on down. And you might know, so eight by the way in the Bible, what's that a number of? Anybody know from D2? Other than Jeff. I know Jeff knows. What's that? Yeah, Pam has it. New beginning, right? So oftentimes that's what that's what we're praying for is new beginnings, right? And uh, and so it's a it's just an attitude, obviously, that is totally contradictory to those first four verses. And so that freedom and that fellowship. So when you look at verses 8 through 12, I'll put that right here. Now we have, uh, we have some of the benefits of, of a focus fast, all right, um, and the results. And that's what we're all looking for is ROI, uh, your return on investment. Let me get this a little higher so I can get all this in. Results of focused fast. Focus ED fast. One. So the first one, uh, if you look at verse 8, he says, uh, Then shall they shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before thee the glory of the lord shall be uh, thy reward then shalt thou call and the lord shall answer thou shalt cry and he shall say here i am uh, if thou take away from the midst of, of the, the the yoke the putting forth of the finger and the speaking vanity and thou draw out uh, thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul then shall the, thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat, uh, make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water will not fail. And they, shall, uh, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. And thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Man, that's awesome. And so, I'm sorry, I gave you, I said I was going to give you eight, seven, I'm going to give you eight. So the first thing that we see is that um, God's light shines forth um, from us. So I'm just going to boil it down to one word, 
there's illumination. Right? God's light. Shines forth. That's important to me because the vision for this church is in Philippians chapter 2. We want to be a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, right? We need that illumination coming forth from God. Um, and then the next thing is is the health, right? Uh, you'll be healthy. Health will be restored speedily. So health restored speedily. I'm not going to say who I was talking to today. Um, and I'm going to put here, this is spiritual. I'm talking about spiritual light, not just, not obviously we aren't physically lit up. And I would also say this is, it could be physical, but primarily I'm thinking spiritually for us because we're in the kingdom of God. I was talking to a, a person today who um, was recounting how God is working in their life. Uh, in recent days, they've led their first person to Christ. They put it in their Bible. And the cool thing about all this is, uh, and they're witnessing to more people at work. But the cool thing was, is what I was just describing uh, about someone that had to come home. There was a time when that person wasn't here, right? And this person in particular had to come home and, and God is blessing their life. And and this person was just saying, man, I can't believe what God is doing. I and I was just encouraging him, saying, you know what? God has a plan for you. You're, you are not defined by your failures. You're not defined by the past. You're defined by what God wants to do in your life. And you've been restored, man. You're whole. Your health has been restored faster than you would even realize. God is blessing you, man. Praise God. He loves you. You're his son. He wants you to be in his perfect will, and he's using you. So God's trying to encourage this, brother. All right, so... Uh, and the next thing is your reward is the uh, glory of the Lord, right? Your reward. I'm going to shorten this up. Is the glory of the Lord. You know, for us, Jesus Christ is our inheritance. Man, uh, that's amazing. The glory of the Lord. I'm getting that again from verse uh, 8. Uh, he says, the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. What do we inherit? Well, our inheritance is our inheritance is Jesus. Hallelujah. You have complete and utter fellowship with him. It's excellent. Uh, the fourth thing is your your prayers will be answered. Isn't that great? Your prayers will be answered. Yes, sir. Where's that at? Re-reward shall be thy re-reward. Sorry about that. There's no hyphen there. Yeah. Re-reward. Oh, I can't bring myself to spell that because I never spell it. My mind is in a... There we go. Re-re-ward. All right. To gather, collect. 
the glory of the Lord. And when I think of this, I think of the antithesis of, of that, and that's in, um, I believe it's in First Peter is where I'm thinking. Forgive me, I could be wrong because I'm doing this off the top of my brain. But... Um, Yeah, I think of First Peter chapter uh, three. Interestingly enough, in the context of marriage, once more, uh, Paul says, "You know what? You need to make." Or Peter says, "Make." He says, "Likewise, you husbands dwell with them, beating your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered." Right? We want to make sure our prayers aren't hindered. Interesting enough, yeah. God's got your back. So that's different than gather. What is that, Isaiah? Yeah. All right. Re reward. Hard to even write that out. Um, yeah. What's your say? Is it a King James Bible? Must be an American. Life recovery. Uh oh. It's not an Oxford or Cambridge, is it? Hang on a second. Now you guys got me. You got me thinking. I want to look at something real quick while we're, since we're focusing on that word. Yeah, you're talking, your definition, Bob, is dealing, that's the, that's the Hebrew root. But, uh, it's not the the to gather or the, actually that English word they're using there I have no idea why they did that so um that's probably is that a who's a, let me look at your bible real quick mine says reward re reward right here what's your say re reward hmm uh-huh You found an error in the printing. It's right in our Bible. That's right. Oh, you're dealing with Zondervan. So it's probably uh, it's probably an American publisher. You'll find, uh, not to throw those fellows under the bus, um, I don't want to take anybody's Bible away from them, but American publishers do that to you at times. That's an, So you've contacted them. That's an error. There's other ones where they'll monkey with the, the words 
and not tell you. And then they'll put King James on it. So I found some of those even in our out here in the front. So I'm not so hot on those. I, I found out that that is typically the American uh, publishers that do that, and they don't tell anybody. So that's why we're pretty picky about having, you know, as you know, every word is preserved. So we stick with the authorized King James Bible. Yes, sir. Should be. Does it? That's interesting. Yeah. You guys are Bereans tonight. That's awesome. I'm liking that. Isaiah, well, let me look. I get... No, it doesn't. I'm looking here just since you guys are bringing up you version. Let me see what I have in mind. That's from the Hebrew. Um, but Jeff defined, I think Jeff is, we define the Bible with the Bible. You come up with with uh, the definition that Jeff gave. But yeah, I, I, that's where you, I know where you get that. Yeah, mine's right in the E-version. So my E-version, my E-sword, they're all correct. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. That's why we compare every word, isn't it? So, uh, amen. All right. So uh, we're on. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's keep going here on our. That's good, though. Good discussion. God wants us to think about this, uh, God being our protection, doesn't he? Our security, our re-reward. Okay, number five, you will be light and darkness and food for the hungry, right? God's going to use you to be light and darkness. And food for hungry. He's going to use you to provide in his stead. We're here in Christ's stead reconciling men to God with the word of God, the light and the food. The sixth thing is you will have God's um, guidance continually. So you'll have God's guidance continually. So the seventh thing is you will be um, as as a watered garden. You will be It's interesting. These keep coming back around uh, to a lot of marital analogies as I as I look at these. Um, and then you will be um, used to rebuild 
and I'm trying to read my own writing, and repair. I can barely read it. Oops. The reason I, I go through these is it gives you the heart that, that God has, you know, in in this. And it was so perverted. Uh, I don't know why I put God in there. Rebuild and repair. Repair those breaches. That uh, so there, again, there's eight things that at least I've noodled out of there. So those are eight results of a focus fast. And so these are all things of reconciliation and glorification and reconciliation. So this these up here, um, you know, deal with God's glory, and then down all of these really deal a lot of issues with light, illumination, and here we're dealing with the glory of the Lord, light and darkness, and uh, and provision as well. And so it's it's amazing uh, the things that, uh, and I do. So this is obviously Old Testament, but many of these things, well, not many, all of those things can be applied to us in the New Testament. Of course, it's just. Um, you know, literally uh, every one of these is a spiritual in our lives is spiritual as the kingdom of God is spiritual in nature. And those are easy analogies. So that's uh, Taylor. That's what I would have for you on the, on the, the, the subject of fasting. Does that answer your question sufficiently? All right. So um, I have never taught that in my life. So um, I know I have had a chance to to teach on that subject. And then we got hung up on re-reward. So now that's a whole nother discussion uh, as far as um, it's a good opportunity. I'm glad that Jeff brought that up because, it, you know, you do look. I want to say this about, about like Strong's, uh, Strong's numbers. They're good, but the best way to get a definition is compare Scripture with Scripture uh, because um, it's, there's nothing wrong with looking at that Strong's number and saying, oh, it means to gather. But when you look at it in context, uh, and you look at you know you look at how the Bible defines a word. That's why you hear when I'm preaching, you always hear me mention first mention, uh, last mention, full mention, things like that, because that's really the best way to get your definition. So re- I really appreciate Jeff uh, pointing that out. Did you know what re reward was before tonight? I did not. Yeah. If I if I have, I've forgotten. So I don't think I've I've even yeah, Ron. So there's a um, there was a pastor, and I cannot remember who, somebody we brought in for a conference or some some time, and he preached on that verse. Um, I, forgot I think it was Isaiah fifty two twelve. Anyway, the the and he pronounced the word rear word rear ward. Sorry, rear ward. So the it's weird because the word is actually spelled re reward. But it's actually pronounced rear ward. Hmm. And so, um, and he pronounced it that way. And then I have a copy of Alexander Scorby's uh, um, Bible, audio Bible. And he pronounces it that way too. So Rear ward? Yeah. So they probably call it rear ward. Did you say it's rear ward? Yeah. So he's got your... That's interesting. I, let me look at my Bible here real quick, uh, my text real quick. 
Yeah, there is no emphasis, at least in my Bible, on uh, on that. But I don't have a King James with that in it. Some of them have the the, the uh, English um, pronunciation on them. Like I think the old, uh, not the old 1611. There's some older. I mean, mine's pretty old. This is a 19, or this is a, uh, I think a 17. I forget what year it is. 17. You remember the year? It's a 1769. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, Ron. That's good, too. So, rear ward would be a proper pronunciation, according to Ron and some guy who preached in our church that I don't remember. Uh, so, <laughs> sad to say, but uh, a lot of water's gone under my bridge. So, yes. Sadly, I, I don't. Twenty Yeah, 21 years. A lot of, a lot of people come through. So, big question, how long, whatever the fast is, whether it's Oh, good question. How long? As long as Jeff tells you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, um, that's a good question. Usually, I, you know, I, I knew a guy who tried to be like Jesus, and I would put this in the category of a phony fast. Um, he wasn't doing it publicly, but he was. I would say he was ascetic. I actually counseled him not to do it. He ended up losing bone density, and he just fasted because humans aren't made to fast for 40 days. You see it happen. There's supernatural. You know, God would provide supernaturally in the Old Testament for people, and of course Jesus Himself, uh, who who is supernatural. Um, but uh, but no, for an average human, you're defeating the purpose, right? So I think when you when you look at uh, a good guide, goes back to First Corinthians chapter seven. And so there's an appropriate season to, to fast and, and pray. Um, um, you know, it, I would say a day to a week, depending on what you're, you're doing, based on the Old Testament principle. And, but, uh, you know, it's not a lock. It's not rock solid, you know. But, I, I mean, even in the Old Testament, you don't see things going on more than a week, typically. A uh, feast going on, or, uh, but typically a day. That's yeah, and that's a good point. When we're talking about fasting, we're not talking about uh, has nothing to do with your health, has nothing to do with um, this is nothing to do with health issues or I'm gonna I, I need to lose weight. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're fasting to lose weight, you're fasting to lose weight. That's a whole different issue. Um, I don't eat carbs all the time. If I'm not eating carbs, I told Amy the other day I'm gonna I'm really gonna lock down on carbs because I or on uh, proteins and no carbs because I've I've let myself go too long. I had a good. I had. Eight, it was Elizabeth's birthday weekend, right? I'm eating cake and I'm getting after it, you know. Okay, that that is not spiritual. That's just me, like saying I got to get my body reset because I'll start piling on the weight if I don't get back into a, mer, a burn mode, right? Yeah. So, so that has nothing to do with this discussion. So, I would personally, a day is typically, yeah. Yeah, a day for me is what I would do for ordination typically. But, it, you know, I'm not. that's not to say that if there's not something seriously heavy, you know. And so if, say, you're getting into a fast where you're really afflicting yourself, so to speak, and you're, and you're really serious about praying for something or you're super grieved about something, there's some sin going on, uh, so your church is about to split or whatever, you know, and you're just, you can't even sleep at night, you know, and you're fasting. <laughs> and that goes on for days, whatever amount of days that goes on. Um, I wouldn't take it more than a week. Um, and, and, and it's okay. Drink water, right? I mean, it just, it doesn't mean you got to get stupid. Um, 
about it. I mean, yeah, don't kill yourself. And again, I knew a, a friend of mine who uh, he took it so far as, you know, trying to be super spiritual. And he literally his bones started, you know, he started looking emaciated. And it was just foolish. At some point, I'm like, you know, this is not, you know, this is ridiculous. Uh, that's a, that's to me asceticism. So now you're trying to earn favor with God by afflicting yourself. Yeah, you might as well just start beating yourself on the back and and uh, like a Muslim or a Catholic and just self-flagellation and, and exactly you're not supposed to do that right and you're not supposed to draw attention to it and all of those things right it's not something that you renounce to everybody and you're just like hey look at me I'm fasting that gets back to the phony fast yes sir uh, first mention Uh huh. Well, why don't you read that to us, Bob? First mention of fasted. Fasted past tense. 20, verse 26. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Amen. So there's a there is a corporate repentance there, which again you see in Ezra and Nehemiah. I mean, there's there are times, especially in the Old Testament, where the whole nation fasts, but they are the son of God collectively. We are sons of God, and there's no reason a church couldn't fast. I don't want to be legalistic about it, but again, because we're born again and we're and we're in the New Testament, we tend to downplay some of this because of the asceticism of others we just kind of we, we're full of grace and we want to make sure people don't get caught up in um in ascetic behaviors however still the balance of that is we need to talk about fasting right so there's nothing wrong uh in the new testament with fasting and praying as a matter of fact there's everything right about it you're commanded to pray and paul mentions it in in as a, he the way paul and peter uh, paul writes about it in particular is as though everybody already understands that they already get it. And in that culture, and not just Jews, uh, Gentiles understood it. In our culture today, we I don't think we understand it as much. And so I think it's, I really appreciate Taylor bringing that up tonight because it's really just not something we talk about. And we are an affluent, think about it, we're an affluent culture. Like we have need of nothing. So I think if there's a message that the Laodicean church needs to get, getting back to that other verse I had on the previous slide that's not up there anymore, um, you know, we think that we're rich in increase with goods and have need of nothing, but we don't even know we're naked. So uh, it, it does us good to afflict ourselves every so often and deny our flesh so that we can focus on spiritual things. And again, um, you know, uh, this week I, I've been, I made a covenant to read my Bible without my phone because I, I like using my phone for devotional reading because I'm not distracted with all these notes in my Bible. So once I... I open my Bible and I start reading all my cross references and stuff and I start getting off on tangents. So sometimes it's nice just to read a blank page of the Bible without all the notes uh, and just read what's God saying to me from the text. Uh, but I have found myself getting distracted by that. So I've gone back to just reading the paper, um, not just, but reading the paper Bible. And um, and so um, even that is, I know this doesn't seem like it has anything to do with fasting, but there is a, a certain sense in which you put things away 
so you can be, draw closer to God, right? You want to you do the thing that is just, you want to get the distractions out. You want to focus on God. Obviously, you think, well, yeah, my stomach's growling. I can't focus on God. Well, part of that is this understanding that, you know what, I need, what did Job say? I need your word more than my necessary food. I need your word more than my, I need God's word. I need God's, I need the, I need the results of a focused fast more than I need food. So it's an issue of prioritization. We are, we are telling our flesh, and this is a good, I need to stop because we're over time, that we're telling our flesh no, and we're saying, we're putting God, we're, put, we're, we're being intentional about our, our focus, our priority is on things above, and our focus, and our petitions, and our requests to God. Um, at the point that that becomes asceticism, you need to stop it. When you think you earn in favor with God, and, you know, if I just keep keep going here and beating myself up, God's going to answer my prayer, and I'm going to earn favor. Well, now you're like the priest of Baal. You might as well just start cutting yourself and and, and uh and seeing if your God's going to answer your prayer, right? That is not the fo- that is not the attitude to take into a fast. Uh, God hears your prayer. You're focused. Get there, and then uh, and then uh, trust the Lord with your requests and move forward in faith, full of faith. And uh, Jeff, do you have anything to add on that subject? Yeah, uh, hang on. Can you run that back to him real quick? Leela won't hear you, brother. Leela wants to hear you. She'll have Leela will have our hide. Uh, I, I think you had it when you and you start. It's all an attitude of heart because if you look at all the. Incidences where fasting is mentioned. Um, I'm thinking of David with the child that was mm-hmm. uh, from Bathsheba. He fasted, thinking, you know, maybe God will spare the child. Uh, those who fast over, you know, their sin, they're repenting over their sin. You've got Daniel in Daniel chapter nine, I think, who yeah. discovered out of God's word that. Captivity for Israel was soon to end, so he was asking for God for more light, so he fasted during that. So it's all really about an attitude of heart toward God. And even in Corinthians, you know, they got a way to pray about a matter, but Paul says don't, you know, don't uh, stay too far away from each other. Uh, There has to be an end to this. So it it is. It's all an attitude of heart. There can be a fast that is counterproductive. Yes, exactly. Because it gives place to the devil, as Paul points out. Yeah. 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 So make sure your heart's right. Amen. Yep. Good. Thank you, Jeff. That's good. Those examples, I I, I hadn't actually thought about those from the Old Testament, but those are good. And it's also, David's a really good example of when the prayer is answered, yes or no, it's answered. You know, he doesn't tarry in that condition, so it reveals his heart, which uh, he knows his prayer got through by faith, and he knows what God said no, and he gets up and goes forward in faith. And so it's a bad situation, but it is what it is. So, yeah, well, let's go ahead and let's stand together. And uh, thank you, Taylor. That's a really good question, and uh, I'm glad that you asked it. I'm glad we had time to, to cover that tonight. And uh, uh, there's not a there's not a lot... I got a few. I've had a few books on this. I've read. Um, 
there's not a whole lot out there on this from people like us. Uh, and so uh, if you need more information, I've got a couple books I could refer you to. But uh, I think the Bible covers it pretty thoroughly. All right. Uh, hey, Bob, you want to close us in a word of prayer, brother?